I don't know if it's fair to have to preach when you baptize your child, but they're making me. So here we go. I'm so glad to be with you. We're in Luke chapter one, the story when the angel visits Mary, beginning in verse 26. Elliot, Isabella, Rozelle, and every other one of us who follow Christ, we, we don't have it all together. We are not even supposed to. E, you will still mess up. I'm sorry. There is nowhere you're supposed to be on this journey other than a little bit further along than you were. Know that today. Know that I believe Mary was experiencing that in this story as we move forward today. Know this morning that, and I just, I'm so excited about this because my kids will be there sooner than later, but our, our students are off at fall retreat and Jacob is there. Um, Catherine hadn't had her hubby home for a couple of days. Um, so without Jacob here this morning, I don't know if y'all have noticed, but Jacob does a great job of talking back to me when I preach and it's really encouraging. You don't have to be quiet this morning. You can pick up some of his slack. I heard a pastor, a preacher say one time, it was great. He said, it was a black preacher who often thrives on, you know, the whooping style when they talk back. And he said, church, if you don't talk back to me as I preach, I'm not going to know that you're with me. And if I don't know that you're with me, I'm just going to keep preaching. Keep that in mind as your tummies are growling. Verse 26, hear the word of the Lord. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary and the angel came to her and said, greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. But she was deeply troubled by this statement, wondering what kind of greeting this would be. Then the angel told her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will have no end. Mary asked the angel, how can this be? Since I have not had sexual relations with a man, the angel replied to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will over, overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And consider your relative Elizabeth. Even she has conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month for her who was called childless for nothing will be impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, said Mary. May it be done to me according to your word. Then the angel left her. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. To reflect on Mary waiting to birth Jesus and, and all that entails, that calls us to another waiting during Advent. We call it Advent. And then this waiting is the essence of Advent. Beth Moore pointed out this week at Baylor University that Jesus is anticipated by the scripture. 
We see that in this text. Fulfills the scripture. We see that in this text. And illuminates the scripture. You can see that in this text because of Jesus. Jesus does all that for us. So let it be known that we believe Jesus to be very important. So we believe this story to be pivotal in the history of the world. Perhaps the most pivotal moment. I would put it, the cross and this, just right there. This is the, the, the message by the messenger, the angel of Jesus coming to be with us, flesh and blood. Huge. In the way that scripture anticipates the Messiah, Advent is not to be merely a retrospective of things past, though. It's a, it's, it's a really neat story. It's an amazing story. A baby born to the virgin in Bethlehem in the most meager circumstances with the shepherds and the angels looking on. And all of that is super important and true. But Advent is not a time to simply hearken back to those days and to those events. It is an anticipation of things to come. Please keep that in mind over the next four or five weeks as we move toward Christmas. Advent is an anticipation of things to come. Advent is not Christmas. It is that which Christmas points to, which is judgment. Advent is not cheap joy available on Amazon.com that will bring a smile to the giver and the receiver's face. It is divine and ultimate justice that will literally wipe away every tear. And we must remember this together. I have to have you to help me remember this over and over again. For nothing is impossible with God. Now, what is primarily going on in our passage is about God. God is the central figure in this story, particularly God becoming man, specifically named Jesus, born of the Virgin Mary, as unlikely as that is for nothing is impossible with God. And this Jesus is no less than the very King of Kings. And so throughout this Advent season, we will be, with the help of the book of Revelation, we are going to be going through the book of Revelation for the next four weeks. I'm really excited about that. And we will be asking the Lord Jesus to come, to come again. Jesus, which is anticipated by scripture, which fulfills the scripture and Jesus, which illuminates the scripture. And in light of Jesus being King, we will ask ourselves in a variety of different ways. What does this mean for us as a faith family here? And what does this mean for the entire world? And we will explore just that. But today, which I believe is secondary in our passage, but also extremely important. We are looking together at the messenger and the person to whom the message has come, Mary, Mary, full of grace with this birth announcement. I meant to ask Leslie Ann before the service, but there was a lot going on, but I've, I'm so sad that I can't remember exactly where I was when I got the phone call from her that I was not anticipating. And I was rather dumb in trying to figure out what she was trying to communicate. But I do remember exactly what she said. This was 12 years ago this month. And she called me and she told me in a very humble but excited voice that something was about to happen that would change our lives. And it was something that I had wanted my whole life for as long as I could remember. Well, as soon as she said that, I knew immediately that it wasn't another dog. We had 
we had Phil at the time, our chocolate lab, who gave us fleas. I'll tell you all about that later. But I didn't get it. And she had to tell me that she was pregnant. And I was so excited. I was going to scout a basketball game at Pope John Paul. I was either in my driveway getting ready to leave and she was somewhere else or I was already at the game. I can't remember, but I remember exactly what she said. And it was one of the best, it's one of the best memories of my life. The birth announcement for my wife that we would be parents. And since then, we've had so many friends who have had to wait much longer than we did. I didn't even expect this news to come. We've been so blessed with the ability to have children. But so many friends who have had excruciating time waiting, wondering if it would ever happen. When it does, it's so exciting. And you can't wait to place that phone call. Leslie Ann couldn't wait for me to even get home that night. Causes us to make some of the most fun Facebook posts. We plan elaborate, crazy elaborate gender reveal parties. You know we do. Now, I think we've talked about this a little bit in the past, but I want to revisit it because I read this story this week. This picture. Look at this picture. Okay. So this happened in Arizona. Now, listen. listen. The flames spread to the... Just keep it up there, Greg. We need the picture up there for this whole story. They spread to the nearby Coronado National Forest where they became the Sawmill Fire. This fire had a name because it burns tragic. It burned nearly 47,000 acres of Arizona federal land and private landowners' land. Firefighters from at least 20 agencies fought the fire for about a week. The man who shot the target, this, this happened by, well, was a U.S. Border Patrol agent, and he pled guilty in September to a misdemeanor violation of U.S. Forest Service regulation and was sentenced to five years probation. He was ordered to pay over $8 million in restitution, starting with an initial payment of $100,000 in monthly payments thereafter. And this all happened because he decided to use a highly explosive substance called Tannerite. Some, some of you may know what that is. You need to be aware of it because it created this. And it shot with a high-powered rifle. To, to, to either be pink or blue. That was, the, that was what was going on. That's a bad deal. It's a bad deal. A lot of money. Now, one of the worst nights of my life, I don't think I've told you all about this, but I'm going to tell you again if I had, is some of our really close friends who had their gender reveal party. And just get ready, okay? It's not good. But we were having barbecue sandwiches under a, a pavilion, getting ready to have a fun is it a boy or is it a girl experience with two of our closest friends in the world. And, and Howell, our oldest child, and I are sitting there eating our sandwiches. And, and I just, I'm not, you don't need to have me around anything that's important, okay? I'm not very self-aware and a little bit clumsy, a lot clumsy. And I notice I bumped something on the table. And so what was devised for this party was a, a football that would be kicked and it would either be blue or pink in the football. I knocked the football off the picnic table. Now, that wasn't how the party was supposed to go. It wasn't supposed to be Brandon, you know, reveals the gender <laughs> with his barbecue sandwich. Brutal. Bro- I mean, it was the worst night in my life. And, and, not, and it gets worse. We actually went ahead and did the deal, even though most people knew what the, the gender was. And so the, the dad was supposed to punt the football, and we went ahead and did it anyway after repackaging the blue powder. It was a boy, by the way. 
and, and they get like one good picture of, of my buddy Jeff punting the football. And, and in the background of the picture, there's our baby girl running toward the creek and me getting her in the picture. So I just couldn't have been more involved in that party. Brutal. The anticipation of a baby is often very exciting. I remember those months leading up to our boy Howell being born, our first child, getting back to the, where this started. We were adding on to our little bitty house because we thought 900 square feet didn't seem sufficient to raise a baby in and didn't get that project finished before Howell was born. I, uh, my mother and father-in-law are here. Thank you all so much for housing us with, with the baby. It was a big deal. A lot going on. It was daunting. It always is to bring a child into the world. But Mary, but Mary, she was going to be the mother of the long-awaited Messiah. She was pregnant out of wedlock. How would Joseph react to this news? There, there is no way that she was expecting this visit from the angel. The virgin would become with child, and this child would be no less than God's very son, For the angel said, nothing will be impossible with God. And Luke here in this story borrows from the very story in Genesis 18, the very words from the story with Abraham and Sarah, where Sarah is told that she's going to be a mother at such an advanced age. She literally laughs at this news. But God says, nothing is impossible with God. And so the angel references Mary's cousin Elizabeth, who's much older than Mary, who is with child as well, reminding us of Sarah likening Elizabeth to Sarah, for nothing is impossible with God. The text says in verse 35, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. For nothing, y'all, nothing is impossible with God, but it sure seemed impossible because Mary is from Nazareth and Nazareth is this poor, small town, maybe like 500 people, maybe a thousand. I grew up in a town about that size a flashing red light town in the center of town. To this day, when people ask me where I'm from, I'll, I'll either say the county seat in our home county or I may even just say Nashville because I'm from Middle Tennessee, so you might as well just say Nashville so people know what you're talking about. And if you were from Nazareth, you probably said you were from the nearby town, Sephoris. Sephoris was a wealthy town. And there is a good chance that Mary actually got up every morning and went to Sephoris to work probably as a housekeeper in one of the people there in the homes there of a wealthy family, a servant girl in a wealthy family's house in Sephora, a humble girl from a humble town, a, a completely unexpected way for a king to be born. And while she asked, how is this possible? Her response after the angel answered, was emphatic. It was confident. Verse 38, I am the Lord's servant, said Mary. May it be done to me according to your word. Hear that this morning. Hear that response. Hear that confidence. Although she legally could have been put to death by this news, by this occurrence, she trusted that this was from God and that God would provide for her. Don't miss who Mary is. Don't miss her character. Don't miss from where she comes because I believe this morning for all of us, it's a good word to realize that when we live humbly, honestly, 
with integrity, when we put others before ourselves, when we put ourselves in a position to serve others, when we're grateful, even in the face of poverty, if that is where we are, when you put yourself in a position to be able to trust God, to to see God's mission in the world and respond to it in ways that God is calling us to respond to it, even if you're not visited by an angel and told explicitly, I believe you have a chance of being right where God wants you to be because God's mission is going on all around us and we can trust that it is good because God is good. And indeed, as we do journey through Revelation together over the next four weeks, as we anticipate this day when Jesus will come again, when Jesus will come again to make all things new, understand that's not something that I'm just, that just sounds cool. And I'm supposed to say from the pulpit, I want you to believe it in your bones. And it is because it is all that we have our hope in. It is exactly that which our hope is in. And T. Wright says that hope for the Christian is not wishful thinking. It's not mere blind optimism. It's a mode of knowing amid which new things are possible. Options are not shut down and new creation can happen. Mary's mode of knowing allowed for her to say yes to the Lord. I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me exactly as you say. Reminds me of Isaiah 6. Isaiah saying, here am I, Lord, send me. It's exactly what Mary is saying here. She believed even the most unbelievable things were possible. She did not see this as her death sentence, but rather her very calling to serve her Lord. New creation literally happened within her. Through Mary, the King of Kings was born. Mary was the chosen one to help bring God's son into the world. And I need you to see with me this morning that as Mary was pregnant with the son of God, so is the earth pregnant with that which God intends to do. And we are right in the middle of it. And it could not be more exciting. It is exactly that which you were born for, to follow Jesus in a way that helps bring God's kingdom to earth, just as Mary does in this story here. It will not be the literal incarnation, for that has already happened, but it will be you helping build for the kingdom, helping bring about God's kingdom in the world to make things more like God intended for them to be. That is your role each morning when you choose to wake up and get out of bed. So may Mary's yes be our yes today as well. And in so doing, would you please remember that nothing is impossible with God. Mary knew that God was going to go before. That is the story of all of the Bible characters that we look to called on by God, needing to realize that they actually don't have what it takes, that you actually don't have what it takes to do what God has asked you to do. But with God, nothing is impossible. And that's the message for us today, that our hope in what is to come would cause us to say yes to God, regardless of what God is asking. And not only for ourselves to be able to say yes to God, because I actually believe you can't do it by yourself. You can't. Nobody got in in that water this morning. None of you have gotten in that water in the past because of something that you've done. It's because of what God has done, and it's because of the community that has been around you 
that has helped raise you up to follow in such obedience? Are we helping one another say yes to God as Mary was able to say yes to God? There was a house just down the street from a family who had lived in this particular place a long time, and this house had been empty for a while, and a family moved in, but they didn't stay long. It was wintertime, and there was, a, there was a little wood-burning stove that could heat the whole house, but they had to keep it running because it was so cold outside. And so the, the man went out back, and he took some boards off the side of his house to burn in the stove, to keep the stove going, but it kept getting colder and colder, so he kept going outside to put, take off more boards and put more boards in the stove, and it just kept getting colder. And eventually the husband and wife cursed the Lord. They cursed the house and they left. And out back, there was a chopping block and an ax and a tree. And a hundred yards further, there was a whole forest. He burned up his own house to warm his own house. Now, I ask you this morning, church family, as we begin to move through the season of Advent together, how many people do we know, how many people in this room, perhaps it's you this morning, who thinks you have, that we have, the resources that we need to do this on our own, with our own strength, with our own power, with whatever life throws at us. The angel visited Mary and literally turned her world upside down, yet she was forthright, yet she was faithful, yet she said yes. I can't say yes without you, and I believe you can't say yes without one another. I'm just going to sit here for a second and think about that. Are you trying to go at it alone? Are you going to wake up tomorrow morning available? Not perfect, not even strong necessarily, but available to who might visit you, to what they may have to say to you. And will you consider that that message may be from God? If so, my prayer for each of us is that we will remember in those moments that nothing is impossible with God. So be faithful. Say yes. Let's pray.